Amen. Stay standing. I want to share with you a, because the miracles are continuing, you're going to enjoy this one. I spoke at uh, Leith Valley Presbyterian Church in April in Dunedin, <coughs> and I led them in this declaration. Uh, you know, it says, uh, who are you? A great mountain before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain with shouts of grace, grace to it. <coughs> so I said to him, wherever your problem is, wherever your struggle is, whatever your need is, <coughs> if you're sick in body, put your hand where you're sick. And let's, we're going to declare grace, grace, grace to it. <coughs> I just got a testimony this week. So this is, what, six months, five months, four and five months later. Um, so uh, Robin placed her hand on her arthritic right hip and called out grace, grace. Her action started a healing process. Four years ago, she had a hip operation. And later, so she got that sorted out. Later, her right hip began to get painful, went to an x-ray, and the surgeon said it was bone on bone. That is extremely painful. And that she needed an operation, and, but she just had to be in the line to get the operation. For three and a half years, she endured constant pain, making life very difficult. After declaring grace, grace, the next seven days, pain reduced until on day seven, there was no more pain. I want you to clap again very shortly. Four months later, there is still no pain in Jesus' Name. She went back to the surgeon. They did it, checked it all out again. She said, there's no pain and no operation is needed. Amen? Amen. So, whatever your need is today, if you are sick, put your hand wherever you need. If it's appropriate, put your hand wherever it needs to be. Uh, if you need a breakthrough in another area, just tell the Lord right now what you're gonna shout grace to. And we're gonna shout grace five times. And hey, you know, God doesn't send these things to tease us. He sends them to say, hey, I wanna do the same for you. All right, so dare to believe God. You may have shouted grace a thousand times, but it's probably on thousand and one that's gonna happen. <clears throat> Never give up. Never give up. Are you ready for this? Five times, it's gonna be grace, 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 grace. So put your hand where you need to. Come on, don't, hey, look, hum, be humble enough to put your hand where you need to, unless it's embarrassing, all right? So let's do it, all right, you ready? All right, in the count of three, we're gonna grace five times. After five times, the guy drummer knows what to do. Keyboards, do whatever you can. Guitar, electric, all of you go for it. Ready? Three, five times. Now, have you named it? Have you named what you want? You name what you want. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Grace! 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 Come on, give the Lord a praise. Give Him a clap. Give Him a shout. Give Him a celebration. Give Him a jump for joy. Oh, we thank You. Said, I no, everyone said, I received my breakthrough. 
Grab your seat. The great philosopher to some, Freud, said that life is all about pleasure. We seek pleasure, we desire pleasure, we do everything that's going to give us pleasure, make us feel good, uh, make us enjoy our lives. The chief aim and goal of man, he said, was pleasure. Viktor Frankl comes along and says, I disagree. He said, it's not about pleasure. He said, life's about purpose. And he says, if you never really discover your purpose in life, you'll medicate with pleasure. The more pleasure we need is an indication of how, pur- how much our purpose is lacking. So those things that uh, we medicate with are not necessarily bad. Some people have to watch movies every day, medicating with pleasure. Some people are endlessly on their phone, scrolling away. They're medicating with pleasure because they're lacking purpose in their lives. So the more pleasure stuff that you've got to seek, the more all that entertainment that you've got to seek, it's just a reflection of the lack of purpose in our lives. And God wants us to find purpose so we don't have to live our lives medicating on pleasure. Because you, you, know, you can get your car, you can get your house, and you can get the money, you can get success, you can get friends, you can have heaps of social media followers, and you have all of that stuff, and you think, whoopee-doo, only discover it doesn't satisfy. And then so you've got to get more money, you've got a better house, more follower, whatever it is, more success, more position. It, it never satisfies. <clears throat> we've got to find purpose. And the place we find purpose, how we find purpose is really discovering what, what has God put you on the planet to do? Do you ever ask that question? Why do you, why do you have breath today? Why are, you breath, why are you occupying space on God's earth? I hope you're not wasting that space. <clears throat> the reason you've got breath today is because you were born with purpose. You're born with a divine calling and destiny upon your life. I wake up every day to live out my purpose, to fulfill God's plan for my life, whatever that might be. That gives me purpose. And when you start to become like that, when every day you're going about your day, you're thinking, I've got to fulfill my divine calling, that's when you've got purpose. That's, and even if it's not being that successful, that's not the issue. You, it'll be satisfying and fulfilling. So I'm just as fulfilled and satisfied when it's going well and when it's not going well because I've discovered my purpose. And so a lot, but the thing that, you know, you find your purpose in serving in God and you'll surely find purpose serving at New Zealand and beyond. But also I think where you mostly, most of us find purpose is where we spend most of our time in the day. And that's mostly in the workplace. And, uh, or it may be as a mum in the home or if you're retired, it might be whatever you do in your retirement, what God's leading you to do. So that's where we find our purpose. And uh, my philosophy on this is very simple, and that is, I'm sure God doesn't want you to be miserable most days enduring the workplace and your job. How many would you agree that can't be right? God wants us to be fulfilled. He wants us to be satisfied. He wants us to enjoy what we do. And, but the key is to find our purpose. So one of the problems is, as many people think, my job is just about making money so I can look after my family and I can buy a house or whatever it might be, a car. <clears throat> and that's a part of it. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's more than that, friends. Your, your workplace is not just for making money. It's actually for fulfilling your purpose. What your workplace is a divine calling. 
It's a divine destiny. So you've got to find out what, you know, be in the job God has called you to. We mentioned the word uh, vocation last week. Vocation is simply this. It's going to come on the screen, I think. It's a voice I hear calling me. There a vocation. A voice I hear calling me. So you hear a, a call of uh, God calls you to a specific role, specific job, a specific profession, whatever it might be, a teacher, a lawyer, an accountant, a builder, a laborer, you know, uh, a courier, or what, or administrator, what, what a sales rep, land aid, whatever it is. It's a divine calling. It's a divine destiny. It's what God's called you to do. And so you just got to be careful that you just don't go after the job that's got the best money, you know, in the best location. And with the best boss and all that. No, that's, that's, that's not the issue, folks. The key is you've got to find out where does God want you? What has He called you to do? And then as you pursue that, as you begin to walk in that divine destiny that God has called you to, that's when you start to find purpose and that's when you start to find fulfillment in your life. So here's a key, Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Whatever you do, oh, you guys can stay, all right? <laughs> you want to stay? Yes, stay. You might as well stay. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men. So whatever you do, when you go to work tomorrow or whenever, whatever you do, do it heartily. Why? As to the Lord, not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. In your job, you're not serving a man. You're not serving a company. You're serving God. You got that? When you go to work tomorrow, you're going to serve God. It's a game changer. If you ever get that, it will change everything and how you think about your job. You know, any complaint you have, you just go to God because it's Him that you are serving. And so if you keep that focus, so they say that one of the keys to life is to be more God-centered than job-centered. So when you're in your job, don't be job-centered, my job, this is, no, no, be God-centered. And your focus is on God inside your job, inside your work when you're going to the workplace. You know, every job is a spiritual ministry. You know, you're not just spiritual when you sit in church. You're spiritual wherever you go. Every, every, every role is a divine calling. And that's, Colossians actually makes it very, very clear. So here in this church, for those of you who are new, you know, we bring people to the front to set them apart, ordain them as pastors, etc., and we all the rest of it. We've done that for everybody else, really, as marketplace ministers. And years ago, we brought everyone forward. Hundreds and hundreds came forward. We prayed for them, and the testimonies were amazing. People began to get promotions and success and salary increases and opportunities to, to share Christ. All, all kind of stuff happened when they began to realize they were full-time ministers of the gospel in the marketplace. When you realize that that's who you are and that's what you're called to do, you, you position yourself for a greater anointing upon your life. So when you start to do it for God, serving Him, you've got to be, believe He's going to back you up. He's going to anoint you. He's going to help you. He's going to make you more successful, give you creative ideas. He'll give you success. He'll give you promotion. He'll give you more money. He'll give you opportunity to tell people about Jesus. When you see it as a divine calling, when you see that you're an anointed full-time minister of the Gospel, you position yourself under the, the hand of God for the Spirit of the Lord to rest upon you so you are blessed in the marketplace. But as long as you see it as just a job to make money, you're probably going to be miserable most of the time. You've got to shift your thinking so that we're full-time ministers in the marketplace. However, having said that, <clears throat> let me be kind for a moment. <laughs> for many of you, your job's a struggle. 
not something you enjoy. And you endure it. And you listen to this message and you think, oh, why did I come this morning? But I can understand how hard it might be. But I believe God can change it. I believe God can shift that from something you endure to something you begin to, under, begin to appreciate and enjoy more and more. You're probably not going to go from hating your job to loving it tomorrow, but you can go on a trajectory. And one of the key things is to, when you begin to realize, one, you work for God, and two, this is a divine calling and a divine ministry from God. You start reflecting on those two things, I believe it's a pathway, so it's not just a job, it's a calling. It's not just a job, it's a calling. You are just as called to your job as I'm called to mine. And everyone said, is there a praise in the house for that? Come on, give God a shout. Give Him a shout. Because if you think I'm more called than you are, then, you, then I have to do the praying. I have to do the fasting. I have to be on fire because I'm the called one. Wrong. We're all called. We all need to pray. We all need to fast. We all need to share Christ. We all need to do what? We need to be as hungry to fulfill our destiny. As hungry as I am, you need to be just as hungry. I know even I'm saying that, some of you are saying, I don't agree. That's all right, you don't have to agree, but I am right and you are wrong. <laughs> just, just say, just say. So we got to, once you see your job from a biblical perspective, everything will change. So here's a thought. When you go to work tomorrow, why don't you Welcome Jesus into your workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why don't you ask for His help when you're working? Why don't you engage with God as you're in the workplace tomorrow? Matthew 5, 18 says, Let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and glorify your God, Father in heaven. Uh, so we're to bring the kingdom of God into our workplace. It's what New Zealand Beyond is all about. Here's, coming on the screen is going to be this tremendous uh, statement by a pastor Dr. Halverson, and this is what he said. You may not be right where you want to be, but God can use you right there. In fact, God may have you right where He wants you. That's a word from God for some of you. God's actually got you right where He wants you. You know why that's true? He's your shepherd. He leads you and guides you. He didn't lead you down the garden path to the wrong place. If you're submitted to God, the chances are you're exactly where He wants you, even if you hate it. Just because you hate it doesn't mean it's the wrong place. This is a God thing. Sometimes I hate my job. But I'm in the right place. It's no matter how much you enjoy it. It's knowing that you're in the right place. And so then it goes on and says this. Um, don't be in such a hurry to get where you're going that you miss the miracles along the way or the miracles that may be out of your way. It's a great statement, isn't it? It's a great, great prayer or a great thing that uh, Dr. Halverson said. But he's probably got you right where he wants you to be. <clears throat> There's a lady who worked in a company uh, I heard a testimony come in years ago and was in danger of closing down. So she started a prayer group, small prayer group, and they started praying for the company. Sure enough, soon um, customers and you know, requests started coming and pouring into the place. 
um, new orders came, and the company was saved. And then people heard about the prayer group. They started asking for prayer. They saw healings and opportunities to share Jesus. Who reckons that would make your work a bit more exciting? Right? Start to see a few healings take place, a few miracles through answers. You know, the company gets blessed because your group is praying. You know, um, it, makes a, it makes a huge difference. See, Jesus spent most of his time meeting needs outside the four walls of the synagogue. In fact, he spent most of his life as a blue-collar worker, as a carpenter. And he was serving God just as much as a carpenter for 30 years or most of that 30 years as he did preaching the gospel. Can I say that again? Jesus, spent just as, Jesus was just as much serving God as a carpenter for most of his life than when he was preaching the gospel, healing the sick and setting captives free. It's all the call of God. He's mostly a blue collar worker. And you know, we've got to shift our focus from thinking it's all got to happen in church Big mistake, because the unsaved aren't in church. It's all got to happen outside the church, because that's where the lost people are. And they're mostly in the workplace. They're mostly in the place where you are working yourself. <clears throat> Billy Graham said this before he died. Listen to this. He said he believed the next great revival would be through believers in the marketplace. Here's the man who saw tens of millions saved as an evangelist. He said the next great revival in the marketplace because that's where the lost people are so the marketplace is now becoming the focus of global strategic mission is it really focusing in on the marketplace because that's where all the Christians are they're in the marketplace already anointed and can do a great job uh, for God so I want to say seek his face for your workplace seek his face tell the person next to you seek his face for your workplace well, that's pretty pathetic. Come on, church, do better than that. <clears throat> Who's getting super excited about this message? Hey, is there any fire in the house? Is anyone hearing what we're saying? Or are you, or you, or you, are you think, already thinking about lunch? You're already medicating on potential pleasure. Hey? Hey? No, I'm sure you're not, but there might be someone in the place that is, but it won't be you. <clears throat> so there's coming a paradigm shift from church on Sunday to church every day in the marketplace, to wherever you are. See, marketplace revivals was a common theme in Acts. I read this. It has said 69 divine interventions of the 69 in the book of Acts, 68 happened in the marketplace. 68 of the 69 divine interventions of God, revivals if you like, happened not in the church, in the marketplace. Give God a praise, because that's where you are. You're more likely to see revival than I am. You're more likely to see revival than I am. You are more likely to see revival than I am. So why am I doing all the praying? Start praying for revival. Much as we pray for revival in the church, we need to be praying for revival in the workplace. How many of you, by the way, would like to see a revival in your workplace? If, if you do stand, give God a praise. Come on, tell me, stand with me. Stand and tell them you want. Where's my, can I have my singers? Come and join me on the stage, please, because uh, I, I want us to, I want us to, um, we're gonna sing in just a moment as the team comes, but I'm gonna get you to pray for your workplace in just a moment. If you're not in your workplace and you're not working, then pray for your street, pray for your family, pray for your community work, whatever you might be doing. So we're gonna put a timer on the screen in just a moment. And uh, 
because we need to pray for revival in our workplaces. We need to pray for the power of God to start flowing in our workplaces. Mark 16 says these signs, you know, it says go to all the world, not go into the church. Go into all the world, preach the Gospel and these signs will follow you. It's not going to the church, preach the Gospel and these signs will follow you. It's going to the world, go to the marketplace, go to where you go every day and these signs will follow you. Come on, it's time for miracles in the marketplace. It's time for miracles where you work this week. Come on, I wanna hear some testimonies of a miracle in your marketplace that happened this coming week in Jesus' Name. So I wanna give you two minutes. All right, have we got our timer, guys? All right, so for two minutes, remember we've challenged the church. See, most Christians can't pray five minutes out loud in a conversational tone for five minutes. But I'm not gonna test you for five, but I want for two minutes in a vocal, as if you're talking to a person. I just want you to say, thank you for sitting next to, standing next to me today. Tell the person next to you. Thank you for standing next to me today. All right, now in that same volume, I want you to pray for your marketplace for miracles, revival, and for two minutes. Ready, go. Here we go. Singers, join us in praying as well. Musicians, let's all pray. Father, we cry out to You. We call upon the Name of the Most High God. <laughs> Lord, miracles in the marketplace. Revival in my workplace. Revival in the workplaces of Church Unlimited. Lord, in every workplace of Church Unlimited, let there be revival. Let there be the outbreak of God. Let there be the move of the Holy Ghost. We're going to go straight to open up the heaven before I get this three or four times. There's some other part of that that's eating. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Come on, church. Pray for revival in your marketplace. Pray for a move of God in your marketplace. Pray for an outbreak of God in your street, in your community, wherever you are. Pray, 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 pray. Come on. There's revival coming to your marketplace. There's healings coming to your marketplace. There's an outbreak of God coming to your marketplace. God is about to move. God is about to move in your marketplace. You're an anointed full-time minister of the gospel. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll drive out demons. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Let there be a shift. Let there be a shift. God, let there be a shift in our thinking. Let there be a paradigm shift in our mind. Miracles in the marketplace. Miracles in the marketplace. Revival in the marketplace. Father, by Your Spirit, by Your power, by Your anointing, by the Holy Ghost. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, God. Come on, church, another 15 seconds. Lift your voice, lift your voice. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Thanks, team. How many of you can feel something shifting in your mindset about your work? Three. How many of you can feel something shifting? This is probably one of the most important messages you're ever going to hear. Because you're the answer. You're the answer. You've always thought it's in here. Wrong. It's actually out there. It's actually out there. In the marketplace where you are. Can I say it again? You are a full-time anointed minister of the gospel. Full of power by the Holy Ghost. Don't underestimate what you think you carry. Don't underestimate it, friends. 
God has put you exactly where He wants you and He's going to use you. I believe we're going to start hearing testimonies of God working. In fact, I heard one testimony during the week. I haven't got all the full details. A person was in their seventh form. And they began to get a feeling this is my last year of school. I need to see God move in my, my workplace. I need to see God do something. Started to pray. I think others started to pray. And sure enough, it wasn't long before students started getting saved. I think there was some preacher came through as well somewhere. And students went along and a whole stack of students got saved. In the seventh form, there was a move of God in the seventh form in this school. In fact, uh, the common room that they used to have in those days, all the talk was about Jesus. Finally, that the, the principals or whoever was there had to shut down the common room because all they were doing was talking Jesus all the time. That's a move of God in the marketplace. And that's a person in our church, friends, that saw that happen because they determined in their heart, I need to see a move of God in my workplace. Come on, church. You need to see a move of God in your workplace. Begin to talk to yourself. Say, I need to see a move of God in my workplace. Don't think it's someone else that's going to see it. It's you're going to see it. And I want to suggest this. The more you hate your job, the more likely that's marked for a revival. Because the devil wants you out of there. He wants you to get you out of there because you're a problem, you're a threat to him. So he wants you to move somewhere else. I reckon stay where you are. Push in, pray, seek God and see a miracle in your marketplace. I want to see, hear testimonies this coming week, friends, of miracles in the market. So we're going to sing to this, open up the heavens. And we're singing for, not the church, we're singing for your workplace, your community, your, your street, whatever it is, your family, whatever you want to pray into. But those who have got to work, got jobs, we're praying for your workplace and God's going to open up. What do you reckon, church? How many of you reckon God can open up the heavens over your marketplace, over your workplace? you believe it? Can you expect it?